Welcome everybody to Beyond the Shadows. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker back with you after a month off, a month-long hiatus for this show in which I was out in Laughlin, Nevada for the UFO Mega Conference at the beginning of June, which was a week-long conference. Came home for three days and then went right out to Egypt for a uh, 14-day excursion which we're going to be talking a lot about this evening. So as we uh, get into things, though, real quick, want to let everybody know that Beyond the Shadows is brought to you, of course, by the Connected Universe Portal, ConnectedUniversePortal.com. Uh, the live stream is watched exclusively by our members. Just uh, You can go to the membership site and, uh, and tap into that. You get all the exclusive content as well. Uh, this is actually what we are now calling an interactive class because that's basically what we do every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, uh, through the Connected Universe portal. And then the most recent thing that we've been updating is the Egypt Travel Blog, a 14-day, a 14-part uh, blog out there with all kinds of videos and uh, photos and extra content. You'll want to check that out. Uh, for those wondering where the monthly Q&A video is, because it wasn't posted for June, I was a little... Um, overseas <laughs> that will be coming out here within the next couple of days i'll have that out to you before the end of the week that'll be the june q a video and then uh, of course I'll, I'll take questions for july a little bit later on this month uh this episode is also brought to you by i have to say this we always said it for tim Schoen, uh but now I have to uh, say it also for our good friend Johnny Enoch. This episode of Beyond the Shadows brought to you by Haunted Road Roast. It helps you hunt ghosts. <laughs> Johnny had me saying that all the time out there in Egypt. I started driving one of the uh, the ladies nuts, but uh, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. And there is, uh, there is Nicole. Great to see you, Nicole. Uh, tagging everybody down there. Um, yeah, I... I do also hope that it worked. I know Tom was lurking out there earlier, and uh, some others will be uh, jumping in here momentarily. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into all of this, uh, because we do have, of course, the... Uh, you know, this will be out there on the archive in the Connected Universe portal uh, within the next couple of days, and then, of course, we have the, uh, the podcasts out there on all the various platforms, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, all that great stuff, and then uh, syndicated later on on uh, KGRA Radio. So, all right, Egypt. <laughs> What was I doing out in Egypt? Well, besides a boatload of research, um, yeah, that, that's really a big part of what I was doing. There are parts of Shadow Dimension Season 2 that uh, that got filmed out there, so be on the lookout for that. And, um, yeah, speaking of Shadow Dimension, that is now available on Tubi, so Tubi TV, which is a free streaming platform. Uh, you can get it through your Roku, your uh, smart TV should be able to have the ability to to add that channel and all of that. So, um, so you can watch Shadow Dimension out there. But we're not talking Shadow Dimension this evening. So this this is going to be a uh, at least two part um, a two part uh, presentation here. Uh, starting with pyramids, we'll do temples next week, and then after that, if there's more material that we need to cover. Then, um, then, then we'll be covering it 
uh, out there uh, on the third week if we have to. So, but we're starting with with pyramids, and uh, and there I am at the Great Pyramid. Uh, so, you know, the photos just don't do this justice. We're going to be getting into secrets of the pyramids, uh, and photos just don't do any of this justice. I mean, you you see this, you know, big stack of blocks behind me. Um, but you really just don't fathom how huge it is until you're actually uh, standing in front of it. Uh, it is just absolutely massive. Yeah, have to keep in mind, this was the tallest building in the world until the Eiffel Tower came along. So, uh, yeah, when the Eiffel Tower uh, was finally built, it finally superseded the uh, the Great Pyramid. So for thousands of years, it maintained the record for being the tallest building in the world. That's just some nice numbers for you. But, um, you know, really, I want to get started right away deep inside the pyramid. We're going to get into all kinds of different things about, uh, you know, what was what happened here, what was witnessed. Uh, it started off down in the subterranean chamber. We entered this through, uh, you know, really it's the robber's entrance is, the, is what they call it. So it's the entrance that was basically dug into by um, a set of Arabian grave robbers is, is what they were. Uh, they had heard about riches being within the Great Pyramid. They had some stories that they were going off of and, you know, they burrowed into it. And somehow, miraculously, they um, they hit that kind of crossroads between the uh, the passageway up to the uh, the Grand Gallery and then down to the uh, the subterranean chamber. So, unfortunately, I really didn't take any very good photos of the subterranean chamber. This is off of, it's it's kind of a mess down there, really, and they've actually, somebody's brought in scientific equipment, so you couldn't really get the classic iconic shot, um, which would be from the left there, and you kind of see a stack of stuff there in plastic wrap. Uh, so, I'm going to play a video for you really quick. Uh, those listening to the audio podcast, I apologize for this because... Um, there's there's not a lot of actual speech in it, but it kind of gives you uh, as you're coming down the the shaft, you end up having to crawl uh, on your belly for a moment uh, until you actually get into the subterranean chamber. But it, when you when it comes when this video comes out of that passageway, you kind of get the the classic shot. But like I said, that equipment's kind of in the way. So let me, uh, let me play this for you real quick. And again, I apologize to the podcast listeners because <laughs> you're going to just, you know, kind of hear me crawling. Uh-huh. Yep. 
shall be made to crawl in their bellies. Right? Isn't that the old saying? Okay, and that was, um, you know, coming out of that passage, you saw the equipment that's there under plastic wrap and then kind of that iconic shot where you get a view of kind of what, what they call the, the well, which it wasn't really a, uh, a well. I mean, it's, it's basically a shaft that goes to nowhere. Uh, it's pretty deep. And so there's a lot of speculation over what this was actually used for. Now, mainstream would try to tell you this was like the original um, uh, original burial location, and then they decided to move it upstairs, uh, except nobody was ever discovered buried within any of these pyramids. Um, and all these pyramids have this kind of bottom chamber like this, this subterranean-type chamber. Uh, so it's... It is actual, actually a party function uh, of the pyramid. Uh, now, when we talk about like the function of a pyramid, uh, there is the Giza Power Plant by Christopher Dunn, a very uh, interesting book. And you know, it's I, I agree with a lot of his assessments, not a hundred percent, but he's done a really, really good job. And so he has some ideas of you know what the subterranean chamber was used for, um, as far as kind of like runoff for different. Uh, you know, liquids that were being used to power the plant. And we're going to see some of that stuff as we go along. Um, you know, when it comes to the subterranean chamber, I'm not precisely sure that's what it was used for because it's very odd and strange, strangely configured. Uh, again, going back to this photo, you can kind of see how I've climbed up uh, into some of the rock and, and everything. So um, it's just a very strange configuration down there. But moving up from that, uh, you end up in the Grand Gallery. I didn't really get a good photo of, of the Grand Gallery. Uh, but there's myself, Johnny Enoch, and his girlfriend, Zuzanna, uh, there in the Grand Gallery. And it is it is acoustically tuned. Uh, you know, And that's the, one of the fascinating things about the Great Pyramid is that uh, it is actually tuned to the key of F-sharp. And um, you got to keep a secret. I, I did test for that while there. Um, we weren't supposed to be, well, we were asked not to record using our equipment there, but equipment got used. And somewhere along the way, I may have sneaked a photo or a little video clip or two, which I won't share publicly. Um, but yeah, that, that place is definitely tuned to F sharp. Uh, we did some of that testing in, in the antechamber, which is just above the, the Grand Gallery before you enter the, the King's Chamber. And um, and then the actual box in there, we'll get to the uh, King's Chamber here in a little bit. The actual box that's in there is tuned to uh, A. So, uh, and Nicole, reminds me of a scene in As Above, So Below. Uh, yeah, yeah, it kind of does. Uh, you do get that feeling crawling around in a lot of these places. Uh, you know, things like As Above, So Below. There are other other times where you get the feeling that you're... You know, you're in a Tomb Raider game or, you know, I got a lot of comments about uh, Indiana Jones uh, while I was while I was there. So uh, what's interesting about the Grand Gallery? So uh, all the way up through this on either side, 
are these little notches that are are carved into there. They they go several inches down. Uh, this this perfect little rectangle like that. And so uh, Chris Dunn believes that there were resonators mounted within these. Uh, again, with the Grand Gallery being you know acoustically tuned, uh, it makes sense. Don't exactly know how they were fitted in there uh, if they were resonators, but you know it's it's definitely an interesting idea, interesting concept. Uh, if that was the case, so from there we entered the Queen's Chamber, and I mean really everything's misnamed uh, in here because the uh, the queens weren't usually you know buried with the kings anyway. Um, you know, they may have been side by side or near each other, that sort of thing. They, they usually got their own tomb. Um, and again, no bodies were ever found. This doesn't even have a box that they, you know, called a uh, sarcophagus like they uh, did in the king's chamber. There's nothing in this room except for this niche that's back here. And you can see it has the, you know, the corbel, uh, sides like if you go back to the grand gallery it has the the same kind of you know notching up the walls like that um it's a little more pronounced here because you know obviously it's 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 smaller and there's not as much uh you know room to do that but um what's interesting about this so you know the mainstream they they really have no idea what it's for um you know there have been suggestions out there. Well, maybe there was some, uh, you know, statue there. Uh, you know, maybe there was a Ka statue or something like that. Those that don't that believe that the queen was never here and that it was some sort of uh, chamber to, you know, celebrate the king, are thinking, you know, things like treasures and statues were in here, and that this would have been uh, where a statue representing the king's Ka would have been or his uh, spirit. Well. There are a lot of problems with that. For, for one, you don't need this elaborate niche to be able to put a statue. But there's a lot more going on here. Again, you, you see where it's like a little resonance chamber. But can you see there a, against that back wall? You know, there's something going on back there. Now, again, this is a room where they've, they're putting equipment. Um, back behind this photo, there's another stack of scientific equipment. Somebody's going to be doing some scientific research in in the Great Pyramid. But then there's some like garbage sitting right there for whatever reason. Um, but as you get closer, as you get into that niche, look at this. You see blackening there, and then there's vitrification here, vitrification, where you can see rivulets of melted stone. You know, you can actually see the little channels that were, were made here as the stone was melted. And you can see how it was blackened. So we're going to do like a little zooming in effect here. So there's the niche. Here's as we get closer to it. You can, and you can definitely see in that photo, but here we'll get right up in your face. You can, you can see how this was melted. So this was not, there was nothing going on here with with a statue there was some sort of device that was within this niche that was doing something extremely hot and um you know you can see that behind there 
is uh, another little another little passage, some sort of vent that probably was used to maybe expel uh, some of this heat. Maybe there's a problem that happened. Um, you know, Chris Dunn talks about there being a you know possible explosion within the Great Pyramid, which could explain why with the King's Chamber it's actually. Um, it's actually expanded a, a couple inches, where the whole rest of the pyramid is is actually solid. But something was definitely going on within here. There's no uh, denying that. You can see you can see the heat. You can see the vitrification. You can see the burn marks. Um, yeah, th this is not from just a, a statue uh, standing there. So, uh, so I, I love just kind of uncovering these different secrets of the pyramids as we went through this you know really day after day after day we spent the first three days at pyramids we did dasher first uh then we did saqqara the step pyramid and then we did the uh, the great pyramid uh three days in a row i'm kind of doing this uh you know, this class a little backwards we're starting with the great pyramid because i just wanted to be up front boom let's hit you with all the big stuff first and then we'll do saqqara and then uh if we have time at the end we'll do a little bit with the bent pyramid so uh and tom is in the house all right great to see you tom <laughs> he is here so yeah because I, I moved everything from beyond the shadows live stream to uh from from that private group to the connected universe private group uh which which is where everything's going to be from from now on so um and also be, when i set this up it didn't create the event the same way that it used to uh, when I did it on the Beyond the Shadows live stream, I'm not sure why it didn't create it that way, but um, but that's food for thought, and I'll come up with another solution next week. And um, you know, we're we're still in transition here a little bit. So okay, that's the Queen's Chamber. So let's move on to the King's Chamber. This is the chamber that everybody loves, um, and. This is the box in question, what uh, mainstream likes to call a sarcophagus. Um, some interesting things of, about this, of course. Now, um, in, in Chris Dunn's work, he likes to point out that this, this thing, even though it looks very beat up now, um, it's kind of overly um, perfect, you know, with all the... You know, the way the sides were cut. Uh, you look at other sarcophagi around Egypt, they weren't nearly as perfect in their construction. That, you know, it's kind of overkill with how, you know, and, and really for the tools that they are said to have had, they couldn't have made it this perfect. The precision is is amazing. But there's something that I discovered along the way while looking at it that I haven't seen other people talk about and that's the way that the actual um top is constructed i'm going to show a video clip and i'm and you'll see me point out how you know the the very back of it is is flat and then um you have this lip that goes around the three sides the the three sides here uh you're, you're looking at the the front and then one of the sides and then the other side they're actually higher than the back uh, part of the sarcophagus um, is very interesting so let's go ahead and run that clip I'm with in this I'm with um, uh, 
Adham Ibrahim. Basically, it's uh, Muhammad Ibrahim's son. And I guess I should have, I meant to say that up front too. So this this tour was the return of the Kepper cycle put on by Muhammad Ibrahim uh, from Guide of Egypt. Uh, Johnny Enoch was one of the uh, special guests there, uh, my good friend Johnny Enoch, and you know, Muhammad has become a very good friend of mine as well. So I meant to say all that stuff up front, <laughs> um, but I'm getting it out there now. So if Muhammad ever uh, catches wind of this, I, I, I got you, buddy. If, if you go to Egypt, you want to go with Muhammad. Um, he, he, I mean, he knows everybody. He runs an amazingly smooth operation. Um, if, if anybody read the uh, Egypt recap that I posted today on the public side of the Connected Universe portal. Um, you know, I, I kind of described that whole uh, uh, process where you know meeting Osama at the airport and he just walks you through everything and just um, you know Muhammad has a great great crew. Um, everything's very very professionally done. So. There you go, Mohammed. <laughs> All right, so let me run this clip where I'm describing uh, what's going on or my observations of the box. I don't call it a sarcophagus. I call it the box because um, it's, it's not a sarcophagus. And, um, you know, Adham is there. Mohammed was elsewhere within the pyramid. Um, I did talk with him later and showed him this, and we kind of ran through it, but we did not record that and Johnny also has a clip of this out on his his Facebook page but um, a, a second take of it not this specific take but all right let me, here we go all right so we're taking a look at the box not a sarcophagus the box and what's interesting is on the back edge are these three holes one two three in this the edge is completely flat coming off the back of it here. But when you come to the front, you have this lip that's here. It's a little higher than the back. And you do not have the three holes. So what was back here? Was it some sort of hinge? I don't know. What what, what has your dad said about this? Has he said anything about this? No? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Some sort of mechanism. Yeah. So. So yeah, some sort of mechanism here, unknown what it actually was, uh, if this was a power plant, you know, what was the function, um, if there was machinery here, we don't know, but something was, something was certainly mounted here and different than what's on the front. All right. So... Yeah, that was a really interesting thing. Now, when I got Mohammed in there and I asked him, okay, about the holes and about what was going on there, and of course he had seen the holes before, but the the observation of that whole uh, back of it was completely flat while the other three sides had that, that lip and it was actually a little higher up there. I mean, people have been looking at this thing for how long? I mean, it's existed for thousands of years. Uh, people have been studying it for the last 
150, 200 years. Um, you know, Chris doesn't really talk. He, he, I mean, he talks about the whole system um, and the whole setup in his book, but I don't really recall him mentioning it in there. Um, and I haven't seen other people mention it. But so, you know, it seems like there was a lid, of course. Um, it would have been slid in from the backside. And, and Muhammad was kind of looking at that like, yeah, that's a little different. Because most sarcophagi had the lids come from the top straight down. And I kept an eye out for that the rest of the time that I was in Egypt. Anytime that we went to a location that had a sarcophagus, I was looking around to see how the lids were placed. And they were all basically top down. Uh, you know, the Cairo Museum has dozens of sarcophagi in there. Uh, and I was looking at every single one of them. And they were all, you know, constructed a little, you know, different, maybe carved a little different or what have you. But they were still um, top down. Some of them had that little uh, lip, but it was all the way four sides inside. And it would have rested in there. Some were just kind of like flat. Um, so... Yeah, but none of them were done like what was inside the the Great Pyramid. There were others that, you know, around the edge, you know, had some indentations in there um, that basically you could tell, okay, there was something that maybe held it together. It might have been something placed in there, um, almost kind of like a dowel sort of thing. Um and, you know, you're looking at the underside of the actual lid that was placed, and there's like, okay, yeah, you can see a little bit of stone there that actually sets in, you know, on these spots. Um, you know, so so that happened, but again, it was all top down, where this one slid in. Uh, as far as, like, the three holes, okay, if this thing's sliding in, then what are those three holes for? You know, it seemed like something was was mounted back there. You know, we, we played around with the idea of a hinge at first, but it's like, well, then something would actually be on the back of the sarcophagus uh, too, and there just wasn't. There's no markings or anything like that. It's completely smooth back there. So what were the three holes? Um, we're not sure. <laughs> we're not sure. Um, you know, if it, if it was kind of like one of the conventional sarcophagi that we were seeing in some of the museums or some of the other uh, tombs, um, then that would have been fine. But it just, it wasn't. It was extremely, extremely different. So kind of another thing that adheres to the idea that this is not a, a typical, normal Egyptian sarcophagus because the construction of it is just very, very different than anything else. So, um, Tom, I'll play back what you missed. Sorry, Tom, you have to go back and watch. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that, you know, that was very, um, eye-opening there. Well, like I said, a after that, uh, Johnny recorded, uh, his bit that's on his, uh, uh, Facebook page where we're, you know, making discoveries and we, and it seems like we are. It seemed like we uh, you know, really are making a, a discovery there, which is you know absolutely amazing that after all this time we could be discovering you know new things concerning uh, the Great Pyramid. So you know other things uh, about the Great Pyramid. Um, okay, so let's get into dating here real quick with the with the Great Pyramid. So 
uh, let me throw this out at you guys. Let me just put it here. Okay, so this is this is an ostrich egg. Uh, it's actually an ostrich egg that is in the uh, in the Nubia Museum, uh, which is in that's an Aswan. And what does that look like to you guys? Well, I mean, we've been talking about the pyramids. It looks like three pyramids. And even the one there on the left-hand side is a little bit taller than the other two, which when you look at uh, the, the three pyramids from the Nile River, which used to run near the pyramids, um, the, it would, the Great Pyramids on the left-hand, or right-hand side, I'm sorry, um, on the right-hand side and is the tallest one. So, so yeah, you have the three pyramids here. Uh, this weird thing on the right-hand side could possibly be uh, the Nile River. When I look at it, that's kind of what I think it is. Um, I, I might be wrong about that one, but I, I tend to think so. Um, you know, could even be you know some sort of, of path or whatever. But I think it's the Nile River since it used to run so close to the pyramids. Here's the thing. Um, okay, so mainstream will tell you that the pyramids are you know about you know, 2,500 years old, uh, built by a 25-year-old king who, uh, you know, he never would have actually seen the completion of the pyramid built. Um, you know, it, it just, it, and it's hard to even fathom that his children would have even seen the completion of that pyramid. But that's what mainstream tells you. Well, the interesting thing is that this egg is 4,500 years old um, and, and probably a little bit older, but yet there are three pyramids there in its completion. Mainstream says that these are mountains, but Egypt doesn't have mountains like that. <laughs> it's got, it, it does have you know a handful of mountains over in the, the Sinai area. Um, which is not near where this was found, by the way. And but but they don't look like that over there either. Uh, these are, I mean, these are clearly the three pyramids. You know, they even have like the lines there for for the blocks, right? Uh, so here you have an eyewitness, you know, creating artwork of what he's seen, the three pyramids at at least forty five hundred years. Um, so that's. And that's one interesting point there. Something that I did not know, um, you know about the actual construction of the Great Pyramid. Now, they like to say that you know the entire uh, Giza Plateau was you know leveled uh, you know for the construction of the Great Pyramid, which that in itself would be an amazing feat. Um, you know, but it's it, it wasn't exactly leveled. Now, um, you know, some of the things that uh, that I'd learned along the way years ago was that uh, there's actually a little bit of a of a hill within like the middle of of the Great Pyramid that it's not exactly flat, and they kind of built the pyramid on top of that little hill, which is fine. I mean, it's still you know around the base. You know, it's a you know, I mean, it's pretty well level. They had to do a you know fantastic job of keeping the whole dang pyramid level so they could build it without the thing falling over. 
but they did work around some geological features on the plateau. And this is something that Muhammad was pointing out. So this is a photo of the base of the pyramid. This is actually, um, basically if you walk out, you know, the pyramid, hang a right, go around the corner. I mean, it's, it's not just around the corner because the thing, I mean, we're talking 13 acres. It's huge. Um, but basically on the side of the pyramid that has the, uh, the basalt, you know, the black basalt stones, you see this embedded into the base of the pyramid. Now, what is this? Well, this is the actual bedrock. So it's a little bit of a bedrock out, outcropping. And you can see the blocks from the pyramid on top of it and then off to the left-hand side there. So there were some of these different outcroppings that they actually built the pyramid on and around. It, it actually makes it more secure um, you know, to do something like that, that you're actually incorporating part of the land into the construction of the building. So that's actually fine and sound. Uh, what's interesting to me about this, and you know, Mahabit's point on this was that, um, you know, again, how, uh, you know, mainstream is not exactly correct in what they like to uh, tell us and feed us. And, and that's all fine. But what was interesting to me is the weathering that you see on that bedrock. And it's, it's different than what's on the pyramid. You can, you know, see wind, some wind erosion and what have you on the actual pyramid blocks. But look at the weathering pattern on the, on the bedrock. And you see those rivulets and channeling channels of water erosion. Now, this has been, you know, highly, a highly controversial thing on the Giza Plateau. Not in relation to the Great Pyramid, but in relation to the Sphinx. Now, this would, you know, well, you know, seeing this actually tells us that yes, the uh, you know the pyramid was definitely built after the Sphinx, but it helps us to date the Sphinx much older than previously believed, because you know they're they're trying to say that the Sphinx and mainstream the Sphinx and the and the pyramids were all built around the same time. So here's this is not my photo. Um, because of you know, the at, we did not have good access to the Sphinx uh, or the Sphinx enclosure. That was one of the disappointing things about the trip. I would probably say the only disappointing thing about the trip because the trip was absolutely amazing. But here you can see you know the water erosion, the channeling, and this is you know something that's highly controversial. Mainstream does not like to admit this, but geologists will sit here and say, okay, this is at least ten thousand years old because this type of water erosion did not exist on the Giza Plateau any time you know, more recent than, than that age. Um, and a lot of geologists will push it back even further, like you know 25,000 years or what have you. Um, but you can see that water erosion there. Well, again, going back here to our, uh, our bedrock here, you can see that water erosion here within that bedrock so um 
Tom is asking, were there tunnels that connected the three pyramids? So that's a, uh, that is a very good question, Tom, because there are a lot of tunnels around the Giza Plateau. Um, Egyptians love to dig tunnels. <laughs> there are tunnels connecting locations all over the place. So, um, I mean, it's speculation. It's it's a lot of speculation as to you know what tunnels may go where. Like, are there tunnels from the Sphinx that go into the pyramids? Probably the Sphinx. And here we'll throw up the picture. We're, we're not doing a big thing on the Sphinx right now. I could do an entire show on the Sphinx. Um, you know, there are a lot of uh, ideas about tunnels. You know, within the Sphinx, under the Sphinx. Uh, of course, there are the stories about uh, Edgar Casey and the Paw. Um, you know, um, George Reisner, 150 years ago, uh, through the hole that's in the top of the head of the Sphinx. Yes, there is a hole that's in the top of the head of the Sphinx. They have since filled it in. Uh, claimed that uh, you climb down into there through the head. And there's a small chamber there. Uh, but then as you get further into the Sphinx and under it, that there are actual uh, temples and bigger rooms under there. Um, there are Freemason legends uh, and Rosicrucian legends about there being uh, bigger rooms uh, within under the Sphinx. Uh, there's supposed to, of course, be the Hall of Records as well. Um, again, another you know, controversial topic. Is there really a Hall of Records or is it something else that's under there? Um, again, I could do a whole show on the Sphinx, uh, but we're not doing that right now. <laughs> but it's... Um, yeah, absolutely uh, a fascinating topic when when we start getting into into all of that. Uh, but you know, again, you know the uh, as far as dating this thing, uh, you know, this actually does help to to me solidify that yes, the pyramids are are newer than the Sphinx. That the Sphinx is much much older. Um, one of the other interesting things about uh, the Great Pyramid, or any of the any of the pyramids really, um, is that you don't find any writing on any of the pyramids. You know the 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 dynastic Egyptians loved to write. You look around all over the place, you find hieroglyphs everywhere. You know the, these. So many of these temples, and next week we're going to be doing the temples. You walk in, and just the walls are covered in them. The pillars are covered in them. The walls are covered in them. They're on the outside. They're on the inside. They're on the ceiling. Um, they're everywhere. But yet, you cannot find a single one on any of the pyramids. Uh, there's, there is one single one in paint within the Great Pyramid, and above the King's Chamber are um, these five other smaller chambers. You have to kind of crawl into them. We didn't have access to, to those. It's like the one thing within the pyramid we did not have access to, um, which was fine. That would have been, it's, it's a hard crawl to get in there from my understanding. Um, and within these chambers, so, Depending on which faction you talk to, uh, mainstream just says that these are pressure-relieving chambers, except when you look at physics, there's nothing in the chambers that would help 
relieve pressure because the there's a vaulted uh, top to it that would actually, if, if it's to relieve pressure, would would relieve that. And then the other five chambers below are only relieving themselves and not any additional pressure from the top because the, the vault already takes care of that. So we're not really sure what these five chambers may be, except those that believe that, you know, whether it was a power plan or um, had some other uh, extracurricular function, you know, most people in that camp believe that, you know, there, there was some sort of resonance going on, some sort of, uh, you know, use of sound. And so these five chambers would have actually helped with that resonance. Um, in any case, in one of those, there's a lot of graffiti up in there. Um, and in one of those, painted in red, is the cartouche that basically you know, credited, basically what mainstream is giving the credit to Khafre, uh, uh, Pharaoh Khafre for the pyramid. Now, it's again very controversial of, you know, that this is actually real, that it wasn't added later. Um, you know, there are even ideas of, um, you know, those that came in trying to discover things about the pyramid in the 1800s that it would have been painted on back then so that they could try to get, you know, um, you know, basically your funding happened if you were making discoveries. And one of the big discoveries was who built these damn things. So there is a uh, conspiracy theory that this was painted on by one of those explorers. And it's the only, the only, 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 writing we see in any of the pyramids and it's tucked away up in one of these little niches uh and painted on there not chiseled in not carved in not nothing that we usually see of um egyptian hieroglyphs on on the temples and elsewhere uh, you know on the obelisks or anything like that so so that's um so it's one of the one of the points that's used to say that the pyramids were built by somebody else. We're not necessarily saying aliens. I know that comes up a lot. <laughs> were they built by aliens? Um, but there is an idea, you know, that okay, these are built by humans. But did they have access to, or are they guided by, or got, or did they gain knowledge from? ETs or extraterrestrials or something like that. There's always that possibility. There's always that possibility. And we see connections of pyramids and cultures all over the world. Um, you know, that, that these pyramidal uh, structures are all connected to each other. You know, we, and we see, um, you know, throughout the world, we'll get into this a little bit more when we, when we cover the temples, how there are, um, you know, depictions of other cultures, specifically the Mayans, that we see in some of the Egyptian temples. So, and we know the Mayans were, were pretty good uh, pyramid builders as well. So we're seeing these uh, these different connections like this. So, um, yeah, Tom's asking, why wasn't anyone al allowed close to the Sphinx? Um, yeah, that's kind of real quick about the Sphinx. Um you know, it was kind of the unfortunate thing. This is as close as we could get to it. So there's, 
basically this little walkway off on the side of the Sphinx that we were allowed to get into. Um, I imagine it's it's one of those. Now we got special access to the Great Pyramid. We had to to pay extra for that. We had to go there early, um, and it was exclusive to to our group. It's the magic of Muhammad. Um, my guess is that um, if we were to do something with the Sphinx, now the um, you know, the point of our tour was Return of the Kepper Cycle, which is the uh, new beginning of the new sun cycle, which would have started on the summer solstice. So we wanted to be inside the Great Pyramid on the summer solstice to uh, to be able to experience that energy. Um, so that was our that was our big special access moment. I imagine knowing. Muhammad, the way he works, that if we wanted special access to the Sphinx, it would have been probably equally as expensive, and we would have had to go at a very similar type of time. Um, so, you know, be, and so that would avoid you know the crowds and the public and all that sort of stuff. Because um, yeah, the the Sphinx is basically fenced off. Now you see in this photo. Um, all the way on the right-hand side by the pause, you see this wooden walkway. And it's kind of interesting about that. Um, it's just Sphinx stuff real quick. There's there's a gate and the entrance and all that over there, which is, you know, locked up while we were there. So we were on, like, the, the public access area. Um, what's interesting about this wooden walkway is that there are rumors and claims that... Um, that late at night, that those wooden uh, walkways were being lifted up, and they were digging under there. They were trying to access those um, those additional rooms and tunnels and, and all that that we were talking about before. So, all right, we have we have two more periods, uh, two more pyramids to get to, and about twelve minutes to do it. So, <laughs> um, so here we go. Uh, we'll, we'll try to we'll try to uh, get this going. I mean, there's a lot with the Great Pyramid. There's so much with the Great Pyramid, and I really just kind of touched on a, a handful of things. But let's go ahead and take a look at Saqqara here. So this is the Step Pyramid. Another fascinating location. I really enjoyed this this uh, complex. It's basically the largest temple complex uh, in in the world. So. You know, not, and I'm not even showing you the whole temple complex. That's just um, basically like the the big courtyard, and then there's the step pyramid. You can kind of see another little pyramid off to the right hand side. Um, there's a lot of different tombs and other pyramids, and um, uh, just parts of the temple. Lots of things going on here, which I'm not uh, really going to get into. And it looks like I forgot to upload a couple of the photos here, Michael. What are you doing here? Uh, so let me upload these real quick because uh, there are some very cool features. So we got to go, uh, if you look at the very bottom, the middle bottom of the pyramid behind me there, um, I don't know how well you can see it, but basically there's a, a little uh, set of stone stairs that goes down. And it allowed us access into... Uh, this chamber here. Now we could only view it from above, but this is what is at the heart of the step pyramid. And they don't call this a, a sarcophagus or anything like that. They call it a vault. 
Um, and this is actually the walkway that we used to get in. This was actually carved out by by tomb robbers. They were they were in here again looking looking for treasures, uh, you know, trying to you know raid the uh, you know raid the tomb of whoever may be in here. Now, supposedly they did find a lot of riches in here. Again, this was called a vault, not not a tomb. Uh, one thing I would love to do, you can see in each corner down at the bottom there is some sort of passage leading off of uh, off of this thing. Um, I don't have a good photo of the roof of this chamber, but, um, you know, feet of engineering here, they, um, you know, again, this is the heart of the pyramid, and they, they built the pyramid around this massive open pit, uh, which, which is very dangerous. You risk the... The possibility of the pyramid caving in on itself, and yet um, it was—it's—it's it's absolutely perfect. Um, yeah, it. All these years later, it has never done so. They've actually uh, embedded some different things into the walls just to kind of make sure that it doesn't. I guess. I mean, it's—it's it's been here for thousands of years, but let's go ahead and make sure. <laughs> um, so this has just actually been recently opened. And there are a number of locations that that we had access to that have just recently been opened. I think it's been open for uh, for like a year or something like that. So around the Saqqara complex, now I didn't include the uh, photos of the Serapium here, which I I really wish I would have, um, but it, it wasn't really a, a pyramid thing. Well, maybe I'll include the the Serapium when we get into temples. I mean, that's just a whole different animal in and of itself. Um, but in one in one of the tombs around Saqqara is a very interesting hieroglyph. What's that look like to you guys? Right there in the middle. It's a UFO. <laughs> well, we don't know. We actually don't really know what that is. Uh, but a lot of people, you know, through the context of our, um, uh, you know, of of our knowledge and in what we're you know seeing our pop culture and all of that it kind of looks like a flying saucer right we actually don't know what it is um and so that's one of the things that you know muhammad is trying to figure out he found this thing um you know there, there's so many tombs and so many writings and all that um now something that he did point out i, I, I backed this off a little bit here so you know you see kind of uh to the left of it these two stars and so you know johnny was kind of like well you know you got a flying saucer here and you got these stars and but muhammad wanted to make sure that that he knew that the way these stars are done you see the arcs above it there's there's the star with a full arc and then there's a star with a half arc um muhammad made sure to tell him no, this this means the full arc is month and then the half arc is half a month so looking at this um, and I, I took a handful of classes on uh, hieroglyphs, so I'm not. So I I know a little bit, you know, at least to be dangerous. So the way we would read this would actually be from uh, right to left, based on the way that the uh, the animals are facing. And so, um, you know, so you have okay on the very right here, you have the the mouth and then a cup. So the mouth is R and the cup is K, so rock. Um, and then the uh, 
you know, the braid there is an H. Now I don't know what the flail is. Um, I would have to I would have to look that up. And then you have the flying saucer thing. You have the uh, the owl, which basically may, means in. So in and then a month and a half. So whatever this thing is is happening in a month and a half. So, but I took photos of the entire wall um, so that we could, you know, later try to translate the whole thing. Um, Nicole saying uh, it's a fire pit. Yeah, maybe, maybe because you see a lot of food and offerings and things like there. Uh, Tom saying could be the Ark of the Covenant. So we're, we will cover more in the Ark of the Covenant um, when we get to the temples because there are a lot of depictions of the Ark of the Covenant there within the temples. And in fact, there is a photo of me with the Ark of the Covenant. Not that Ark of the Covenant, but a Ark of the covenant so the the idea basically uh the idea of the uh of the hebrew ark of the covenant that we uh have in in exodus and then you know throughout the bible until it suddenly disappears that concept came from egypt so basically the hebrews utilized a uh uh an egyptian concept that they were familiar with for you know the ten commandments and all that so, but we'll cover that when we do temples next week. Uh, it was very, very interesting because we saw a lot of depictions of arcs. Um, and we were, we actually visited a location in which the Ark of the Covenant may have actually been. But again, that's, that's next week. So we have uh, translation of hieroglyphs that we need to do. <laughs> we have a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, all right, so... Again, we're, we're stepping back. We're, now we're going back to day one. Um, and that is the Bent Pyramid. That was, that was the first, um, that was the very first day. This is actually just newly opened. So this actually opened last year for the first time, and I can't remember how many decades that they said. Now they've actually opened it up. Uh, but of course, they didn't have a lot of tourism last year because of COVID. So, you know, we weren't the first ones uh, to get in there. But, you know, we are... You could say one of the first. I mean, there's been a handful of people who have gotten in there uh, since it was reopened. And uh, so very cool that we were able to to do so. Now, given that this was like day one, I'm all excited. Look how happy I am. I am crawling through the Bent Pyramid. And go down, 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 down. Um... Yeah, this is something that I will I will say about an excursion to Egypt and doing the pyramids. Now, Muhammad wanted us to do the well. Originally, we were supposed to do the pyramids toward the end, um, but because of the stuff going on with COVID and all that, it got pushed back a week. So we ended up doing all the pyramids at the front. Now, we had to make sure to do the Great Pyramid on the solstice. That was the thing. So when he redid the itinerary with the uh, with the Great Pyramid staying on the day that it was, he did the other pyramids up front right at the beginning. And we did the toughest one first, which was the Bent Pyramid. 
of all the pyramids, even though the Great Pyramid is bigger, and when you go into the subterranean chamber, it's a longer climb down and then back up. Um, it's at a different angle. There's more room. The Bent Pyramid is a little bit more cramped, and it's at a different angle. And, oh, my God. Get on the Stairmaster before you go. Whew. Um, there are there are a few of us that our legs were just, you know, they <laughs> they were in pain for days uh, following that. It wasn't until um, that last day that we were leaving Cairo to get go to Aswan that it was finally like the legs were starting to feel better. Um, yeah, that was that climb. Uh, especially coming back up was like, what in the world are we doing? <laughs> um, but still, it was very, very cool. It was, it was a lot of fun to to be able to crawl through all of that. Now, interesting, interesting thing about the uh, the Bin Pyramid. Um, again, you know, we call into question the the dating of this. Now, it's it's credited to King Sneferu. Um, now, what's interesting about that? If you look at just um, like Sneferu's name, um, which actually is a variation on the word sandpaper. Um, and sandpaper was used to to polish. Um, so the idea here is that Sneferu wasn't the original builder, that they saw this pyramid there and they did restoration work on it. And so Sneferu was the polisher, not the original builder, but the polisher of the Bent Pyramid. And you see this with you know a lot of um, different buildings and, and pieces of architecture around Egypt. Like, you know, just take the Sphinx that we were looking at. And here, I'll, I'll pop the Sphinx back up. You can see various stages of restoration uh, that were done, and that's one of the uh, you know big debates about the the Sphinx is that um, you know the dating of it is not you know the this what twenty five hundred year dating of the thing is not um, the actual date it was constructed, but the but a date that it was restored. Um, you'll see like the the temple that's in front of it, where you see different variations of of blocks, um, like the the blocks, the limestone blocks that are within the granite walls. Well, granite would have protected it, but you look at the blocks inside, and you can see because they're you know exposed in places now that those blocks inside are, are weathered. Well, how would they get weather erosion if they were protected by the granite blocks? So the granite was a later addition to the other blocks that were inside. So it went through stages of of restoration. So, um, so Nicole saying it's, uh, one of the biggest smiles you've ever seen on me. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, yes, uh, I, I was all in smiles there in, in Egypt. So, so yeah, this the same as with the Great Pyramid, the Sphinx and other, uh, constructions around Egypt, the Bent Pyramid, uh, is also likely older much older than uh, in the mainstream would like to give credit for. Again, with none of these pyramids 
um, you know, are there any writings? You know, so, which is very, very unlike dynastic Egyptians because dynastic Egyptians wrote all over everything. You know, even their uh, small temples that, um, you know, probably just, because we went to a, a temple of Isis um, the one day where we were kind of like taking a break <laughs> and we just like hit a museum and then hit this, uh, this little temple. And it's just a small little local temple. Um, just a couple of rooms had its Holy of Holies. And, um, you know, they had like a couple of writings in there, kind of like really like the basics of this is what this temple is. And this is what we're using it for, but they still wrote in there. Um, but the pyramids, they're, they're, biggest pieces of construction ever and they didn't write a single damn thing it doesn't make sense and so yeah i have i have subscribed to the fact that i subscribe to the idea that the uh the the pyramids were found um and there are um you know ancient writings from other cultures uh you know that that make statements that you know the the egyptians you know found these buildings there they weren't the ones that actually built them they found them there um and then they re they repurposed them they reutilized them so and you know given how different you know the pyramids are from everything else um that that makes sense and even you know and even like with with the sphinx you know you see other sphinxes around egypt but they're nowhere near as big um and so you can see it as, well, you know, they're, they're mimicking what they saw and recreating that. But this big one, you, you don't see any others that are that freaking huge. Um, you know, the, the second biggest one pales in comparison. Um, so, all right, we'll go ahead and, uh, and wrap it up. If there's any uh, last minute questions here, then... Uh, just want to go ahead and uh, let everybody know. Again, this will be rebranded to Connecting the Universe next week. Um, you know, those that are listening to the audio podcast later on on iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, iTunes, or the uh, KGRA uh, syndicated radio broadcast, you can watch the. Uh, the full video live stream Wednesday nights through ConnectedUniversePortal.com. Jump in there. You would have seen all the, uh, uh, you know, the videos and photos and all of that stuff. Uh, oh, and um, I don't know why it's only showing up as Facebook user, but my daughter Maeve and I got on late, but she's enjoying your talk. Well, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this evening. But yeah, I don't know why. It must be a StreamYard thing where it's not picking it up properly. Um, so, yep. Um, so for all those watching the, uh, are listening to the syndicated versions later on, please join us Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. live through ConnectedUniversePortal.com. Get all the information out there as how to connect. Uh, we also have on the uh, on the public side of ConnectedUniversePortal.com, you can get the uh, the full Egypt uh, recap which also has uh, a number of photos there and then of course it provides the links to the full Egypt 14-day uh, blog where you get 
you know, all the videos, uh, you know, all the written description of what was going on, all the photos, all that great stuff. So, um, and then everything else that we do out there too. So, all right. Oh, it's Chiziah. <laughs> so Jen LeBay, great. Uh, great to see you out there, my old friend. <laughs> uh, and Tom, did you find me a rock? Um, you know, I wasn't allowed to grab rocks. Um, they don't let you, they don't let you do that, but, um, I, I, I got you a little something. Don't worry. Wink, wink. <laughs> All right, everybody have a great night till next time.